Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank God that it's Friday. And forget about all the superstitions about Friday the 13th. I came to tell you that no bad luck is going to happen to anyone. That is the belief of people. But for us, this is the day that the Lord has made. And as David declared, goodness and mercies shall follow all of us. No bad thing will happen to anyone. David says that the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. And no evil will befall me. And no plague shall come near my dwelling place. It's a blessed day. We bless the day. We bless the hours. We bless the minutes. We bless the seconds. And we remove any satanic agenda, demonic agenda, any agenda of darkness to be perpetuated on anyone. We cancel, nullify, undo, terminate, abort it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we overrule, we place an injunction against any assignment or mission of darkness. In the name of Jesus, we command the light of God to shine upon any area of darkness. In the name of Jesus. Beloved, I had to start with these prophetic declarations because many are going to start the day with that kind of fear. The fear is not of God. It is of that devil. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. This whole week, the Lord is speaking to us on the need for us to have persistent faith. Persistent faith. Persistent faith. To persist in our faith. Beloved, life presents to us many unfavorable circumstances. There are barriers, oppositions, resistances, walls. There are challenges that we need to face. There are conspiracies, deliberate conspiracies. And we have established that we are engaged in warfare. When the devil was cast down to the earth, the angels said, the woe unto the inhabitants of this earth, for the accuser of the brethren has been cast down to this earth. So we are engaged in warfare. 
And when you are outside the camp of the enemy, the enemy will definitely resist. Like the book of James, it says that submit yourself unto God and resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Mm. So we need to resist and that comes by exhibiting persistent faith. We've seen the examples of the Syrophoenician woman who had to endure literally insults from Jesus. That my bread is for the children, not for the dogs. He said, yes, nevertheless, the dogs are entitled to the crumbs that fall down the table. We know this widow who needed justice and went to the judge who neither fear God nor regard man. And she wearied this judge till the judge said, look, I'm going to give you justice. And Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes back to this earth, will he find such persistent faith that this widow exhibited? Yesterday we looked at the, the widow with the issue of blood who defied the shame, the embarrassment. And she had to come from behind the crowd. She pushed her way through to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus to receive her healing. We've also seen the example of a neighbor who received a visit. Someone who received a visit or a visitor and had to go to a neighbor for some loaves of bread. This neighbor said, I'm not going to mind you. He said, look, until you give me the bread, I'm not going to leave you. So we see persistence or persistent faith expressed in, in the fact that you do not say, you don't take no for an answer. No, you don't take no for an answer. But today we want to deal with another dimension of persistent faith. And that is persistent faith sometimes come at the peril of our lives. When we are faced with death, we need to persist. It should never scare us. And our reading is taken from the book of Esther. A very remarkable book, a book where the name of God is never mentioned. But the main character is a woman who exhibited faith to save her own people, the Jews who were in captivity at the time. The uncle, Mordecai, was serving as a security at the gate of the king at the head of a plot to assassinate all the Jews who, and this, this plot had been hatched by Haman 
one of the guys, a senior advisors to the king. So, Mordecai sent word to Esther. Now look, you've got to do something. And Esther said, I can't do anything. Because of the situation I find myself, I can't go to the king. Because at the time, the law was that if the king had not invited you, you dare not step into the presence of the king. And Esther said, look, for three months, the king has not invited me. And if he sees me, my life is at stake. So, Mordecai told Esther, that who told you that you have come to the kingdom at such a time like this? That if you will keep quiet at this time, liberation and protection for the Jews will appear from another source, while you and your father's household will perish. It may very well be that you have achieved royal status for such a time like this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast in my behalf. Don't eat. Don't drink for three days, night or day. My female attendants and I will also fast in the same way. Afterward, I will go to the king. Even though it violates the law, if I perish, I perish. Wow. So Mordecai set out to do everything that Esther had instructed. That's Esther chapter, chapter 4. So we see a woman who exhibited that if I perish, I perish faith. Persistent faith. In the face of death, but no, I'm going to go. I'm going to fast and go. If I perish, I perish. We see another example of this character being exhibited in Samaria in the Old Testament. That there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate when Samaria had been besieged by the enemy forces. And for days, they could not go in, nobody could go in or come out to the extent that people were even eating their, their children. I mean, things were bad. And these four leprous men were at the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, 
Then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Therefore come, and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Come on. So they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the outermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel has hired against us. The kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses. And even the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And when the lepers came to the outermost part of the camp, they went into the tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again. Beloved, this is the attitude or the character of persistent faith. In the first reading, we saw a female declaring that I'm not supposed to go it's at the peril of my life when I've not been invited by the king. But because I've fasted, I will go. If I perish, I perish. It is the same thing that the four lepers also said. If we sit here, we will die. If we go to the city, there's nothing there, we'll die. If we go, they might save us or they might kill us. Whatever it is, we will, we will go. If they kill us, we die. That is persistent faith. Beloved, as you go through this weekend, I pray that the Lord will anoint you with persistent faith. That you will rise up and take that which belongs to you. You will never relent. You will never give up. You will never quit. No, that is not your inheritance. Whatever that belongs to you, in the name of Jesus, as that anointing comes upon you, you are grabbing it in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Almighty God, lift the light of his countenance upon your lives and grant you his peace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide with us now and forevermore. You have a most blessed weekend. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are grateful to Almighty God For giving us the gift of another week, another day. 
Our Father has been so benevolent, good, gracious, kind unto us that we are counted amongst the living. We thank God for bringing us to the beginning of another working week. We thank him for what he did for us over the past week. And we also thank him for what he is about to do for us this week. Beloved, it's always a joy to come before the presence of the Lord. And I want to thank you all, you wonderful partners who take time off your busy schedules to join me as we fellowship in God's word and in prayer. I'm quite excited about the word the Lord has placed in my heart to share with us. So this week, what is God telling us? The Lord says it is time to change levels. It is time for you and I to change levels. And our anchor scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And I read, Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. As the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, you have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northwards. Beloved, that is the word of the Lord to us this week. We have circled round and round and round for too long. And God is signal, signaling to us. There is the time for you and I to change levels. To move in a different direction. To a different level. To a different dimension. But what is, or what are some of the reasons why many Christians remain where they are? There are two scriptures that a number of people have maybe may taken out of context. The first one is Job 14, 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Hmm. Many people are waiting and waiting for their change to come. And because of that, they are doing nothing. 
One of the things that we do not realize is that change is active. Change is not passive. So when we talk about change or waiting for a change, it is not folding of our hands and dreaming and being inactive and snoring and waiting for the change to come. When we talk about waiting, waiting is preparation. Waiting is activity. Waiting is not dormancy or inactivity. So that is one of the reasons why many people are not changing levels because we believe that, oh, I'm waiting for my change to come. And the other scripture that many have taken out of context and that has, that has blocked the change or changes in people is in Psalm 75, 6-7. The Bible says the promotion or with the change of level comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is a judge. He puts down one and sets up another. Yes, it is a fact that it's God who promotes or who changes levels. But beloved, one fact we must have is that we are working in partnership with God. There are certain things God will do for us. And there are certain things that God also expects us to do. When God opens a door, He expects us to walk through the door. God will not walk in the door for us. So yes, he does the promotion. He opens the doors. But we have to walk into it. So, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, that but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more Onto the perfect day. He says that for us, we must be changing levels day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, because the path of the righteous or the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The perfect day is when Jesus comes. So we should be changing levels. Beloved, we must experience change of levels in our businesses, in our jobs, in our incomes, in our investments, in our status, 
in our prayer life and even in our wisdom that everything and everywhere that we find ourselves we must be changing levels higher and higher beloved we have been redeemed to be change agents the whole world is looking up to us but only changed people can change the world before we can make any changes in the world we ourselves will have to experience the change so the question is what must we change to experience changes or in other words what are the drivers of change and this is what we are going to examine some of the drivers of change but today i want us to focus on one driver which is our thoughts that we must change our thoughts in order to experience change in levels the good news is that we control our thoughts we control what we think about and the good news is that beloved we can easily change our levels by simply changing our thinking our thoughts can either be barriers or springboards the way we think can constrain constrict prevent us or it can catapult us shoot us zoom us into new levels so our thoughts are so very important in romans 12 verse 2 the bible says we should renew our minds we must renew our minds and proverbs 23 verse 7 The Bible says for us a man thinks in his heart so is he as he thinks in his heart so is he so we are therefore what we think what we think we become we manifest the very things that we think about beloved every level we are reflects or is a reflection of our level of thinking our thoughts are magnets and they attract the images that we place in them so the question is what do you think about daily or what images 
do we create in our minds? Beloved, it is said that most poverty starts from the mind. It is poverty thinking that makes people poor. Most sicknesses even start from the mind. Most sicknesses are not biological. They emanate from the mind. It is said that over 80% of sicknesses are generated from the mind. People imagine themselves, you know, we, we experience a certain pain and we start thinking a certain way. And the thoughts become so obsessed that it creates that particular thing that we have imagined. Beloved, anything that is created is created twice. It is first created in the mind before it is created physically. And the faculty of our imagination is the womb of birthing or creation. The Lord is asking us that it is time to change levels. But we have seen that we cannot change levels until we change the level of our thinking. We need to change what we think about. And we need to change what we think about repeatedly. The Bible has told us that we are what we think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Beloved, I want us to reflect on these words. What do we think about? Change comes when we change our thinking. We might have faith, but if we think negative, if we think fear, if we think doubt, if we think little, if we think, you know, impossibility, there's no way we can change our levels. Our thoughts are either barriers or springboards. Beloved, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Almighty God, lift the light of his countenance upon us and grant us his peace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide with us all now and forevermore. You have a blessed day. Amen.